0: A couple of hours ago, the venerable Christie's Auction House sold the most expensive collectible token or NFT ever. It's a big event that could have major implications for the space. I'm Adam B. Levine, Coindesk's managing editor of podcasts, and on this special quick hit Coindesk Reports, I took to the audio-only social media network known as Clubhouse, where a number of crypto enthusiasts joined me to react to and discuss the news. $69.3 million is what it eventually wound up selling for. About $40 million of that came in in the last couple of minutes. Christie's tweeted that this is the first purely digital NFT artwork offered by a major auction house. It sold for $69,346,250, positioning Beeple among the top three most valuable living artists. The most expensive painting ever to sell is, is the Mona Lisa the Mona Lisa is sold for $450 million. So if you look at Beeple's uh, price ascent, right, the one that uh, was the prior all-time high, that one sold for something like $6 million. Today sold for something like $60 million or, you know, almost $70 million. So if we do one more of these, you know, 10Xs up, then it will be the most expensive, quote, painting ever sold.
1: <laughs> you can get a Van
0: Gogh for uh,
1: about as much as they paid.
0: Right, exactly. Like the the type of thing we're talking about here, like it. I, I guess art is always in the eye of the beholder, but certainly, like it seems like if you compare where we are today versus where we were, you know, like on, uh, you know, like the beginning of the year, right? Let's just like way back in the in the distant past of January, like the the prices, like we are we are so far away from where we were then. That it's, again, brings up the question, is this like some kind of crazy revaluation where suddenly the art world and art collectors who are used to spending relatively insane amounts of money are now on board with this type of thing? Or is this just like another signaling event that we've kind of seen come before?
1: Whenever there's a rapid expansion in an entirely new category of new money, there's always a corresponding wave of very niche bespoke stupid art that caters exclusively to them <laughs> and i feel like what we're seeing with this nft mania is primarily just that manifestation that happens always in art it's like hey another another subculture of new money has come about let's figure out like a really bespoke type of art that just like is all the rave for this new money to like blow their load on once you've achieved a different echelon of status you need trophies in order to signal your status. And so every time there's like a wave of new money, what they consider the trophies to signal their status with become a new category of like art. And so like what we're seeing here is just like probably some idiot who has a couple hundred million ETH that just needed a status symbol that other people with a couple hundred million in ETH would recognize as as a status symbol. And If he bought traditional art, that wouldn't have the same impact as a trophy.
0: Hey, Marshall, how you doing, man? What do you think about the Beeple sale?
2: Overinflated insanity.
0: Overinflated insanity. So, I mean, what do you think is a fair price for something like that?
2: I just, maybe I just don't understand the draw to NFTs. For the digital art stuff, it's never made sense just because I can print a perfect replica at home for the Banksy that they burned, that seems very cut and dry to me. But that's not what the Beeple sell was.
0: Well, My name's Vincent. I've been in uh, the crypto space since 2016. Uh, introduced to it in 2011, but didn't really get involved till 2016. I've been following NFTs for a little while now, and uh, I see the, the collector phenomena happening, and I guess this is what we're seeing, is the collector phenomena happening, and people just wanting to own things for the sake of of having that badge that says hey i own this they're like stunting their their piece of artwork and where are they gonna store this are they gonna like put (laughs) it up somewhere in decentraland or something well so it's an interesting point so for these purely digital pieces of art the question does kind of become like how do you actually make use of that there's like a, an answer that has to do with today and then there's an answer that has to do with like eventually where this stuff is going uh, you touched on the eventually which is the thing about nfts is, is that it's an ownership system for stuff that isn't tied to one platform so if you own one of the you know if you own the the Beeple 69 million dollar uh, piece then in theory, you should be able to create versions of it or people should be able to create versions of it that make it so that it shows up in Decentraland. It shows up in other, you know, projects. Maybe it's like it represents like a really crazy game card in, a, in another game that uses NFTs, right? The kind of uh, ability for these NFTs to uh, reach... Uh, Out of just the blockchain and into lots of specific projects, right, uh, where they have representations there is really one of the interesting parts. So today, the places where you'd look at it are pretty much online, right? We can all see it in exactly the same way that the person who spent that much money for it can see it, which is kind of crazy to think about. It's not hanging on his wall. It's posted online in a place where you don't even need the token in order to see it. But eventually, it probably will be the kind of thing that you need to hold digitally that then allows you to put it up on the wall of your house in, you know, decentral land in a fully virtual environment or, you know, not necessarily fully virtual, but think about augmented reality, right? We see Apple now making pushes towards augmented reality. Apple's supposed to be coming out with their own Google Glass, uh, you know, version 10 years later. Uh, and that'll be happening in the next couple of years. So as AR kind of ramps up, maybe it just has like a blank spot on the wall with a QR code that when you look at it through special glasses, then shows you the, the thing. You get it? Yep. Uh,
1: Monty, interested in Bitcoin and everything else. And my question is, is is this just the start of kind of the a uh, virtual Louvre of someone who's really collecting things that, at some point when everyone's got the Oculus on and you're just going in and taking a look around this virtual uh, museum. Is that kind of what
0: may be the start of this? That is certainly where advocates hope that it will go. And if it, that is where it goes, then you know, it, it could go, go pretty well. And it's interesting, you know, uh, I don't have the data right in front of me, but I was reading a story the other day about a group of people who, who took a Decentraland uh, plot which in Decentraland is like a, a blockchain virtual reality, you know, kind of like second life sort of thing, right? So it's not, it's not really a game. It's a platform on which you can create games and it's a virtual world. So what they did is they, uh, they bought a bunch of property and they created a virtual museum for NFTs within it. And then they sold shares and tickets to, uh, to attend. And so it was a project that, uh, that, Um, you know, started, and I believe they invested in terms of the NFTs and buying all the property, because property is quite expensive in Decentraland, something like $2 million. But then they sold interests in it, membership interests in it, which is of questionable legality, uh, and got the valuation to about $60 million. So that right there, again, is like another kind of beaconing event, right, where it's an opportunity that nobody was really seriously thinking about. Somebody went ahead and did it. And they basically validated the concept. So, yeah, I think we're in this kind of time when we don't really know which direction this is going to go. But we're starting to see indications that even if it's not like a mainstream phenomenon, that there is this interest in these concepts of virtual galleries. And certainly from people who are, you know, who are looking to, to put crypto money into
2: things, uh, it has been successful so far. I'm Dan. Uh, I'm, I would say a Bitcoin maximal-ish, although, I, interestingly enough, I do have some Decentraland. I honestly, I just don't understand NFTs. I don't get it. I don't know what makes it. You know, if if I looked at two animated GIFs and one is worth sixty-nine million dollars and one is worth nothing, I can't see the difference between those things. At the same time, I don't know what makes a Pokemon card worth hundreds of thousands of dollars either. So, I guess. I realize that my understanding is not required for them to have value, but obviously, there are people that that value these things. i'm I'm curious about, like, what would be the explain it like I'm five for why these things have value? I just don't get it.
0: A lot of this stuff doesn't really make sense yet will it eventually make sense? Is this like an early transitory you know, part of the cycle where eventually we're all just like, oh yeah, obviously, because like, now an application has come out that makes it so abundantly clear what the value of these things are that you know, it's hard to ignore. Uh, but, but I'm kind of right there with you. Like Collectible tokens have always been really interesting to me. I've been working on projects around them since about 2014, um, but they were typically tied to games or they were typically tied to something that you could then do with it. In the 2014-2016 cycle, uh, you know, we saw uh, tokens going for as much as $10,000, which at the time was a lot of money. But like, it was always about, you know, like I'm collecting something that has utility around a project that I believe will then make this more valuable at this future date. And we appear to have lost that argument around utility. To your yeah. point around the the kind of um, you know like the animations on the internet, right? You're totally right. Like, we were talking about this a little bit earlier. The ability to see the thing is not what you're buying. What you're buying is the ability to say that you bought it, to say that you own it. And regardless of what it is, the level of abstraction that I think we're seeing in these high-value kind of artistic uh, uh, you know, token sales um, is, is incredibly high, even for the crypto space, which is notorious for overly abstracting things.
2: Do you think there's an analogy to, like, baseball cards or other collectibles like comic books and things like that. I mean, when you buy a comic book for a million dollars, it's still just a comic book. And I could make a copy of one, no problem, and have a copy of that comic book. Yet somebody thinks that Action Comics number one is worth several million dollars.
0: Well, so this is another interesting question, which is, does rarity cause price increases or our price increases a secondary effect of other things that are going on. To your point about the comics, again, like now those are collectible in that way, but they were not that collectible in that way when they first came out. And this is a thing that we've seen over and over again, actually going back to games, you know, like so many games in the crypto space have patterned themselves off of the idea of Magic the Gathering. Magic the Gathering, obviously one of the kind of early collectible card games, there were always rare cards, right? But again, the rare cards were ones that like, had stopped being printed, uh, were never printed very much, and were really, really good in-game, right? So like, that was another important part of it. There was one uh, card called a Black Lotus that basically gave you a meaningful advantage if you used it, right? And so that then tied in to make it collectible, because there weren't very many of them, and everybody wanted one because it was so useful in-game. really was about these very early at the time not recognized as being really much of anything and very useful in the application in which they were being used and so again you look at nfts and in their current state they don't do that in a future state they might be able to do that and more but the question is why are we seeing prices like this at this point in time before we've gone through that cycle of creating that value Maybe that cycle isn't necessary in the way that we used to think it was. And maybe you can just start with rarity. You know, I've created one of something, ergo it is rare, ergo it is expensive. But I think that that's an untested sort of uh, question that we are now seeing being tested in real life. And so far, the like utility school of value for, for collectibles like this doesn't appear to be winning. <laughs> Well, that's it for this special Coindesk Reports. What did you think about today's format? We'd love to hear from you. You can send us an email at podcast at coindesk.com or leave a review on your favorite podcast player. And if you'd like to participate in future Clubhouse segments, make sure you follow at Coindesk and at Adam B. Levine on Clubhouse. Thanks for listening.